welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Hi, 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 I am, of course, your host, Mark Kush. Nez. You can find me pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. And of course, if you enjoy this here show, make sure to give it a like. And if you want more of the stuff I do and what have you, you can find everything I do and more poo poo over at pxsausage.com that'll get you links to the youtubes the site the discord the patreon which is a great way to support me and my nonsense if you do enjoy this stuff and my nonsense because i try to keep everything else ad free and tainted free and whatnot so the patrons patrons the way to go i remembered to finally do it for the second time, a little bit of plug-in at the top of the show, which I did once before, over a month ago, I'm pretty sure at this point. And I think I may have remembered the following episode after forgetting, or I remembered halfway through. Either way, I haven't been doing it. And I think I'll start, because that's what people do. Plus, are you really listening to the end? I don't think so, but I am again, Marcus Nez, and if you want links to all that jazz, the site, YouTubes, you're, if you're watching the YouTubes, you don't need a link to that, but you still need a link to the site and the Discord, which is a place to hang out with like-minded folk who are all pretty cool, all pretty cool, all pretty cool. Some of them have bad taste, monster, <laughs> oh god, something in my throat, but uh good place good place and uh, again support at the patreon pxs.com or directly patreon.com slash pxs anywho i am going to be talking about a handful of games on this week's episode including reverie sweet as edition ramble the mountain king the bookwalker thief of tales and noob the factionless but before I get to all of that, I don't have any news to talk about. Anchi, you want to hear me talk about news? Suggest some news. Oh, is that the tornado siren again? I live in Chicago and we're currently under a tornado watch or tornado warning. I don't know. It's, it's one or the other. I think there's technically a difference. I think a warning is worse than a watch. I think a watch is, hey, just maybe pay attention if there are any updates. And a warning is, maybe go in your basement if you have a basement. I say, F that. I am upstairs, and if there is a tornado, I hear, I hear the siren now, or the TV-type sirens. Eee, eee, there's a tornado. Look out. If a tornado is ravaging down my block right now, guess what? I'm going to keep podcasting. That's how committed I am. If that's not something worthy of support, I don't know who it is. Anywho. What I really want to talk about before getting on to what I've been playing is a door-to-door sales boy. I'm going to call him a boy because he looked pretty freaking young. Maybe his early 20s, but I would not be surprised if he was 19 or so. And usually, and by usually I mean every other instance of somebody walking door-to-door, clearly trying to sell something whether that be the word of their God or, in this case, 
solar panels. I'm just not opening the door for them. I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to waste their time. I don't want them wasting my time. And that's that. However, in this instance, they rang the doorbell. I didn't look to see who it was because I was expecting a delivery from Walmart at that very exact time, literally that exact time. So I just assumed those are my groceries. I better get them because there are some that need to be refrigerated as soon as possible and, and some that need to be in the freezer. Open the door. It wasn't uh, somebody with my groceries. It was a young boy with maybe, I don't think he had any kind of clipboard or whatnot. No pamphlets or anything of that nature. And he said, you you know what? I think you look like someone who would really be into what I I am talking about. Okay, so you, by the way, my name is blah blah blah. And then I offered my name because I was trying to be polite. I was going to humor him long enough to say, "Okay, whatever. Just tell me what you're selling, so I can tell you I'm not interested, and we could all move on and be happier away from each other." said, my name is Mark, and his response to that was, oh, my my uncle's name is Mark, which may or may not be true. I don't know. I am maybe wrongfully inclined to not trust a single word people like this say because they're just trying to find ways to relate with you. Hey, we got something in common. Your name's Mark. My uncle's name is Mark. Hey, isn't that cool? Sure, whatever. And then... He started to give me his spiel, starting with the name of the company he works for. And he said, so have you ever heard of so-and-so company? I don't even remember the name of the company. And I told him, no, never heard of it. And he said, ooh, not, not, even, not even a little bit? Not even a, a, a sprinkle? You, you, you don't know? And I was like, no, no, I did not. Uh, I've not heard of your stupid company. I I didn't say that, but I'm showing how annoyed I would eventually become with this boy. And I emphasize boy for a very specific reason. So then he tells me, well, we, it's a fucking window in whatever company, but we are the company who puts the solar panels on a lot of houses in this neighborhood. So that's what we do. And I think you would be a great candidate or solar panels. But let me just ask you, what do you know about solar panels? So he wanted to give me some, he wanted to gauge my knowledge of them instead of trying to immediately just sell me on why I should, okay, whatever. And I, at that point, was not interested. I I was never interested, but at that point, I didn't want to get into some spiel. I didn't want to say what I know or don't know and then have him give me some fucking little mini lecture on solar panels before he tries to sell me on getting solar panels. So I told him, I'm not interested. And this is when the interaction went from whatever, normal, let's just get this over with, to, kid, you're kind of pissing me off. You're, You're being a fucking kid right now who has no life experiences and are maybe not great at dealing with people, being a little bit rude, 
better fucking just get the fuck away from me. His response to me saying, I'm just not interested, okay? I'm, I, 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 I'm not interested in solar panels, etc. But I just said I'm not interested. And he changes expression to this very dumbfounded, what's wrong with you look? And just said, why? As if there's something wrong with me for not being interested in solar power. And, and for the record, I'm not against it, but I am against being bugged when I'm in the middle of doing shit. And I just don't want to, I, 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 don't, I don't want to deal with this kind of crap at that moment, especially I'm waiting for a delivery. I've got other stuff going on. I don't want to deal with it. People like that who go door to door should understand that a lot of people feel that way. That's all. That's why a lot of them just don't even answer the door. So I said again, I'm just not interested. Again, dumbfounded face, slightly more dumbfounded. Why? And then I said, to try and put a period on the whole conversation, the whole interaction, a period being a hole, it's, it's a, a dot or a hole, a black hole. I want to put this conversation in a black hole away from me. I said, I'm just not interested and I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste my time. It's just, I'm not interested. And then his expression got even, th this is when it got extra, extra dumbfounded. And he looked at me and kind of leaned in why is his eyes squinted and in that moment i wanted to punch him in the fucking face i just closed the door i'm like <laughs> but that is not the way you respond in that situation when somebody's telling you they're not interested the way you respond to that maybe you you ask why aren't you interested the first time? And if they continue and reiterate that they're just not interested, what you do, kid, who... And I, the funny thing, too, is 15 minutes after this whole thing, I thought to myself, fuck, if he was 19 years old, even 21... If he was 21, I would have been a bit of a, a hoe to have had a kid that young. But if he was 19, that means I would have had him when I was 18... And I thought to myself, man, if he is that old, I'm thinking to myself, fucking kids these days, what's wrong with them? You, you, I was just thinking about the fact that he could technically be, I could have a kid his age is what I'm saying. And that, that fucking freaked me out. Thinking that I'm old enough to have a, a kid who's 18 or 19 and it not be the like I had him super young in life. 18 19 years old to have a kid is still young, but not completely unreasonable. But the way you handle that situation is, okay, well, if you change your mind, if you ever get interested or want to learn more, here's my card. You can call anytime, and I will be happy to talk to you about it then. But thank you for your time now, and have a wonderful rest of your day, and just move on. Guess what? If you make a good impression, because you don't know why the person, me in this case, is saying I'm not interested. Maybe I'm just genuinely not interested. Maybe I'm not interested now. 
maybe I have other shit going on and I don't want to waste my time talking to you at my fucking front door. There are so many different situations. But just fucking looking at me like I'm some fucking insane weirdo idiot for not wanting to engage with this conversation about solar panels and just saying why 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 so serious fuck off kid jesus christ and then i saw him today when i was going to go do some errands talking to a neighbor two houses down while they were in their car i don't know if that neighbor had just gotten home if he was getting ready to leave but i'm he is a person who i'm sure owns guns and is that kind of person he, I, I think he'd be patient enough, but at the same time, I was just thinking to myself, man, that's not a, that's, that's not a good place to stop and talk to someone, whether they just got home or they're leaving, especially if it's the latter, if he was leaving, in that case, I would be like, kid, I got places to go, fuck off, and I, and, and to really illustrate and get this whole fucking thing out of the way so I can talk about games which is why you're here to illustrate how annoyed I was I did for a moment think to myself I I should look and find out what the exact name of that company was so I can call them tell them about this person and say how rude I thought they were because I was very unhappy with how that whole encounter played out. But enough about that. Enough about that. Also, the neighbor who he was talking to in the car, the only time I've ever interacted with that dude was right around when he first moved in five plus years ago at this point, where I ended up getting one of his packages from Amazon, and I opened it up because I never really get other people's packages so I just opened it up because I'm getting packages all the time and inside was a copy of Call of Duty and I was like what the fuck I didn't order Call of Duty uh, I get Call of Duty for my dad I, well, I used to but I get them digitally so I was very confused looked at the address oh this is two houses down and then I gave it to him and yeah so probably owns guns loves Call of Duty probably only plays Call of Duty anywho let's get on to what I've been playing starting with Reverie Sweet As Edition. This is an action-adventure game that takes The Legend of Zelda, specifically A Link to the Past, and mashes it up with Earthbound. Specifically, what if The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, traded its fantasy elements for a more contemporary, modern, Earthbound aesthetic and setting? If that sounds cool to you it might be worth checking out i think it's a 10 to 13 dollar game somewhere in that range the problem i had with it is that it was just pretty boring the writing not not great visually it's okay but it doesn't have that It's way more of a simple pixel aesthetic than a stylized or retro aesthetic. 
it 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 looks more like a pixel art game that was made in MS Paint than something else. Looks okay, but not overly pleasant to to look at. But it's just boring. The boss fights, everything, really, really boring. And and how close it resembles a link to the past in terms of the various environments. Oh, here's the forest. Here's the mountain, which is all brown, and it looks very much so like a link to the past. Uh, here's the desert area. I, I wish it was a bit more original in how it took from the games that clearly inspired it, as opposed to being very carbon copy-ish. It, it feels like a game that has been photocopied, that, that, that took these inspirations, photocopied them, and then photocopied that photocopy, and then did that maybe a few more times, and you get this very bland, hollowish experience. But another thing that kind of bugged me, and I, I don't know, this wouldn't be the case in Zelda, but I, I, I never played Earthbound or any of those games. But given that they're turn-based, it would be different. However, the enemies in this game are—are are they all? There, there's some statue-type things, some more fantastical elements that will shoot projectiles at you or hop around and stuff of that nature. But a lot of your base enemies are, at least in what I played of the game, just animals, and none of them. Literally none of them are hostile. They're just maybe the one flying thing that I don't think was an actual animal, but maybe a flying statue was a little hostile. But that, I think, was doing the same exact thing, which is just mosing around the environment. You've got little mouse rat type things that are just just hanging out. Little squirrels just moving around in their designated area wasps that are just flying around they don't specifically come after you they're just bouncing around the environment lemurs or whatever this other thing that was just hanging around all these animals and all these creatures that are just going about their own business not bothering you but you kill them anyway because why wouldn't you why wouldn't you they're in the way they're in the way and if you walk into them they'll do damage so you gotta deal with them so that's a little weird. The level design puzzle. It, it's its a perfectly fine take on the Zelda formula, specifically that traditional classic formula. But it just doesn't have anything particularly special that engages you or or gives you a reason to play this over many other similar games, many other games that have been inspired that are maybe doing their own thing that have either a more striking visual aesthetic or, or something that can draw you in. This is very, very plain on so many, on so many fronts, but it's, it's, it's okay. It, it controls fine enough. It, it's very, very, Un, what is the word I'm looking for? <laughs> it, it, it's just, it's very there. It's just there. It exists. You can play it. 
you can have maybe an okay time with it. The boss fight, uh, the one boss fight I played, because uh, I, I played through the opening intro type of tutorial section or whatever, and then through the entire first dungeon. The boss, while, while the first dungeon was fine and had some okay puzzles, I guess, the boss was very, very annoying, specifically and only for this one reason, which is the room in which the boss fight takes place is incredibly large. So you are fighting this giant worm maggot type thing that is going between various holes in the in the, the room. And you have to shoot its back specifically. And it'll release little maggots that'll come after you every now and again that you can easily dispatch. But the problem with this boss fight, which prolonged it and made it annoying, was the fact that since it was so large, the boss could come out of a hole that is on the complete opposite end of the area, and there's no little indicator, no tiny little arrow saying this that's where the boss is. So you're not sure where they are, and then you're walking around trying to find them, and by the time you find them, they might already have gone back in the hole, and then they're coming out the hole on the other opposite end. So you just had to wait it out and hope that you eventually find them and are able to kill them. I did. I thought I wasn't going to survive because I took some damage, but I managed to kill it with a slither of health left, and then I was done. I got my shoes that allow me to go fast, which are just Heelys, and it's silly. But it's, it's a very whatever game. Perfectly fine, but completely uninspired and forgettable. That is again Reverie Sweet As Edition. Available on pretty much everything, I would presume. Then we have Bramble the Mountain King, which is an adventure game with a lot of varying gameplay elements, but it seems the main focus is on platforming and stealth. But you'll also be doing things like herding these little creatures into various pens or throwing rocks at gnome-like creatures or whatever they were that are bugging this giant stone monster. It's a game of, of, two, of two combating aspects. From a, let's just get one thing out. It is a very story-centric type of experience, a very narrative experience type of experience, where the thing that is pushing you forward, for me at least, is the art, the atmosphere, the general vibe, the desire to see what is around the next corner if it was a, a picture book it would be that desire to see what was on the next page the writing there's not much actual story there a lot of it is visual storytelling and there's a lot of great cinematography and camera work in there that provide you with these beautiful shots and images that if you freeze framed and took a screenshot you could frame it and put on your wall. Some great framing in the, in this game. And great audio as well. 
a lot of the audio is mostly just atmospheric so you're just hearing the ambiance of the world and when they do incorporate music it's serving a purpose it is heightening the moment and it's very very well done presentation all of that fantastic and the story it's it's very much so like i think the game was made in sweden by a swedish developer so it's probably pulling from swedish folk tales and fairy tales because it feels very much so like a game uh, about grim fairy tales that is specifically because it's very limbo-ish little nightmares-ish in that it's dark and if your character your little person that you're playing you're playing a brother who is trying to find a sister after she was caught by this giant and if you die in this way or that way it's very gruesome it's very visual it's very explicit there are instances where you have to avoid bear traps for instance and if you get caught up in there you'll see your body spinning around and flying and it can it can be a lot so it is it's like grim fairy tales and specifically the the way they were originally written not the disneyification that a lot of people think of them as the the more gruesome hey, fucking learn a lesson from this type of thing. So the game does a great job with mood and atmosphere and audio and music. It's just all, all things related to a presentation, fantastic. It falls apart in the actual gameplay. The stealth isn't great. It's not bad. I've played much worse stealth games and the checkpoint system was overall pretty good, so that is definitely helpful. But for the most part, the stealth stuff was just kind of uh, uh, I, I, I'm, I, me at the very least. Uh, I think more people are more accepting of it. I don't really like stealth unless stealth, uh, unless it serves a purpose, unless there's benefits to unless i feel like it's more it's not even that it's a choice but i think it's something like mark of the ninja where stealth adds to the experience it's hard to try and because i've never really thought about it but i don't like stealth in a lot of instances but in cases where stealth is very thought out this is just kind of it's it's there you just have to avoid shit eh, whatever i don't i don't want to avoid shit i want to use stealth as part of my arsenal i want to use it kind of as a weapon and when it's just a means to not get caught where i'm just going from patch of grass to patch of grass from chimney to chimney hiding in the shadow i don't find that fun or engaging but then all the other ways in which it spices up gameplay, whether it be in platforming, which is okay, but again, it is just jumping and avoiding enemies uh, or doing these uh, these scenarios where you're hurting these little creatures in depends or playing a game of Where's Waldo with little baby gnomes. None of it is 
great. And I kind of wish they found some specific mechanic they really wanted to focus on, or, or even just two, and really put all of their eggs in those baskets instead of spreading it out and trying to do all these different things. Because it, it's... It doesn't make for the the most enjoyable game to play. However, all of that presentation stuff was, for me at least, strong enough to keep me wanting to power through the meh gameplay. It's not bad gameplay. Just I, I want to make sure that's that's clear. I don't think it, the gameplay is bad. It is just significantly. It is not to the standard of the rest of the game, which is unfortunate because the rest of the game is so good. It's so good. And it's a shame that actually playing it is not the most enjoyable thing. I also don't like the way your character looks. But the most annoying thing in the game, though, is that you will interact with these, at least early on in those first few hours, you are interacting with these gnomes a whole hell of a lot. And the, the young baby ones fucking sound like infants and it's incredibly annoying i wish they would just shut the hell up every time they go off crying and that's how they sound and it's annoying it's annoying this is why you, all, all you parents out there god bless you i don't want kids don't have kids never gonna have kids one of the reasons well of many reasons is because i don't want to hear that shit so shut the hell up, gnomes. Get the gnome out of here. So I didn't enjoy that. But what I did enjoy is that the game, in certain cases where gnomes enjoy your company and start following you, sometimes because you need to use them to help you open a door, so you have to get all the gnomes in an area and, and have them follow you to a door to open it up. What I did appreciate, though, was there are times where you can lure them into traps. You're not supposed to, but I did it. There, there was a, a little section that had a whole bunch of bear traps, and while I wasn't able to kill all the gnomes because there weren't enough bear traps for the gnomes that were following me, I think two ended up surviving, I was able to, and I went out of my way to lure every single gnome I could into these bear traps and watch them get snapped up and blood spilling out. And it was very, very good. It was very, very good. And one even, their little hat, wizard hat type of thing, it got caught in the top of the bear trap and they started spinning around for a few cycles. That was very fun. So I'm glad the game allowed me to at least kill some of the gnomes. But it's, it's a very, very beautiful game again. Presentation, all of that, fantastic. If that is something that it, you know, or you should know, you can look at screenshots and see if you like its general vibe. I will also say that comparing it to any game, it is most reminiscent to me of Little Nightmares in its general vibe. You're, you're very much so a, a little person in a big world. There are a lot of those cases in Little Nightmares. So if you were a fan of Little Nightmares, I would... I would recommend the game. And it's funny because there are a lot of stealth things about Little Nightmares and I enjoyed that game more from a gameplay I want, but maybe it's because again, it's it, that's that's the game. You're you're 
you I guess you lure those little fucking creatures at times to help you. It I don't know. <laughs> uh, you you're never at least the, at least the gnomes the little fucking creatures in Little Nightmares don't sound like babies. But yeah. If you if you if you like Little Nightmares, I think you'll probably really enjoy Ramble. Few instances where performance took a mild hit, but nothing substantial. Very, very fucking so beautiful though. So pretty. And there, there's one shot. I took a screenshot, which I'll probably use for the the thumbnail for this this episode. So if you see that on YouTube or on the site, that's from this game. And it's oh Chef's Kiss. Chef's Kiss. Mwah. Mwah mwah mwah. Beautiful, beautiful shot. That that was the uh, much of the game, much of what I played was very, very pretty, but it was that exact moment where I said, Oof. They know what they're doing. They really, really know what they're doing from an artistic standpoint. Gameplay needs work, but I am definitely down to see whatever this studio does next. Then we have, that, that, that was again, Bramble the Mountain King. It's $30 on Steam, currently on sale for, I think, $22. Maybe not by the time of this the, the, the episode coming out. I'm recording this on Wednesday, so it's just the day before, but I don't, I don't pay attention to those sales. Not sure about console pricing. Yeah, Bramble the Mountain King. Next, we have the Bookwalker Thief of Tales, which is available on PC and consoles. I got a code for Xbox, played it on Xbox, and it's a fucking mess with a gamepad. I did not get time to check it out on PC where I would presume it controls much better, but on console, I will say that in my humble opinion, it is unplayable. Can you technically play it? Sure. Is it incredibly frustrating? 150,000... I was just going to say 100% and then I was like, I'm going to say a hundred and something percent. And I could not think of anything. I couldn't think of what number I wanted to add after the hundred. So I fucking went 50,000. Uh, it's unplayable though. It's an absolute mess. You remove the, the, the structure of the game is you are this writer who has a head made of paper i don't know what the fantastic elements in this world are all about and whatnot but you are a writer who has been accused of some crime you 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 you, i don't i don't i don't know if the job you're doing is something you're doing because you currently are in this writer's block state or whatnot but this is a world where writers who commit crimes or something their punishment will be getting writer's block and this can lead to 30 years of not being able to write and not being able to write again until they're dead and blah 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 but you have a means to maybe get around this by completing a handful of jobs and what you're able to do is dive into books and then collect objects from them for clients so you pull those objects you find those objects in the book take them out of there put them in your little suitcase and give them to your client so it's very inception ish but instead of going into people's minds you're going into books and having your tasks 
And when you're in the regular world, everything is in first person. Not a lot to do there. It's, it's more story driven, specifically in those sections where you'll get phone calls telling you about your next mission or giving you a bit more about the overarching story. Not a lot going on there. When you're in the book world, it transitions to an isometric view and a diorama-esque single room setup between rooms and whatnot, which is very, very striking. The visuals, the, the first-person visuals are nice. They, they look good. They're, they're of a high fidelity. But it is when you enter the books where the game really shines. There's great use of color, great use of lighting. It's, it's just very, very striking. And it, it, it's what stood out to me, what made me interested, what made me want to check out this game. But the actual gameplay is a fucking mess because gamepad is just, it's broken. There were so many instances where I'm walking around these environments and I would just get stuck on nothing for a few seconds to sometimes five, seven seconds. And I would just wiggle my analog sticks until I eventually broke out for no apparent reason. There wasn't any specific thing that was clearly breaking me from my stuck nature. And this happened dozens and dozens and dozens of times and, and certain areas it would happen and it would happen seconds after it would be stuck break free after five seconds walk for two more seconds get stuck again repeat for another it, it's just it's a fucking mess and then given that in those sections when you're in the book it's very much so a point and click adventure type of experience when you have objects you can interact with in the environment it's a pain in the ass to get into the right position so that you can interact with this object or that object because you cannot use an on-screen cursor to move around and select something specific and unlike good gamepad point-and-click adventure controls you can't toggle between things within your vicinity, your immediate vicinity, using the triggers or the bumpers. So you just have to walk back, forward, side to side. You just need to keep walking and walking until you end up locking yourself into the correct positioning so that you can interact with this thing or that thing. And that's incredibly frustrating. On top of this, a game that is very, very about writing and literature. The writing in the game has grammatical errors here and there and is just not that good. It's far from the worst writing I've ever seen in the game. And in some cases, it's okay. I would go so far as to say, it's okay. I think a lot of game writing is bad so if it's just okay that's not bad but in a game that is fucking all about writing you need to have good ass writing okay is not good enough in this case you need fucking you need to stand out because your game is about fucking books so that that's another letdown 
And then there is this combat element with these spiders, which and their spiders is alluded to that these ink monsters or whatever they're actually called end up resembling the bookwalker's fear. Because you're in there, you're trying to meddle with stuff and do things you're not supposed to. And when you use ink to maybe solve a puzzle, the book starts not liking that and it'll elicit these things to eventually show up. They'll break through the pages uh, and the environments and, and attack you. And then it's a very bland, whatever, turn-based combat system that isn't enjoyable. You use ink to attack them and, and can do other attacks that will draw ink from these monsters. Was it wasn't wasn't super fun. And while you're going in these environments, you'll be finding objects and whatnot that you can craft to build potential usable items that'll help you break through a door, unlock this thing or that thing, which is very whatever garbage that you can break down to ink so that you can replenish your ink. However, while the, there's also food you find to refill your health, your ink meter. There's no number or anything tied to it. So you're not sure how much ink comprises that bar. So when you have, when you break down ink uh, enough to fill a bottle, which replenishes 10 ink, I believe, you don't know if, okay, well, does that mean half the bar? I need ink, but I don't, should I use it now? And I ended up using it when I had probably about half my ink depleted. And it filled my bar completely. Even though, prior to that, I had used more than 10 ink in one uh, story situation, I guess. And then in, in the battles. So I, I don't understand the ink system in terms of how much ink I'm using. How these bottles... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You had you had to break down 100 ink to... to make the bottle too so maybe it was a hundred it said 10 ink i'm pretty sure not 100 ink whatever regardless forget all that another thing you can do in this game which is kind of neat but ultimately void of any thought or puzzly element in any way shape or form at least in the little bit that i use it is that you can when you're going into the book trying to find stuff if you run into a situation like say you come across a door that is locked. You can try kicking it down. You can try opening it with a crowbar, finding the key for it, or maybe using a lockpick. And this is the first room you're in. One of the options is to use a lockpick. You don't have any lockpicks in the book world. You didn't bring any with you, but the game tells you, hey, you know, maybe there are some in the real world. You can grab those and bring them into the book world and use them. So you're able to jump out of the book world after you've already gone into it and potentially find things that'll help you inside that world in the real world. Why this is a completely empty mechanic and void of any kind of real creativity or interesting element is that the lockpicks were literally on the chair behind me. They weren't there when I entered, they just magically showed up there after this fucking 
little opening room told me, hey, maybe you should go back in the real world because you could do that. Here's how you do it. Maybe there'll be some lockpicks there. And they just happen to magically be there. Then I came across a, a wall that was a bit crumbly and I could smash it down with a hammer. So what did I do? I didn't have one with me. Went back in the real world and I think the game even told me, maybe you should ask your neighbor. Maybe one of your neighbors has a sledgehammer. I talked to the one neighbor who I couldn't talk to before because the game wouldn't let me. And then I asked him for a sledgehammer. This is some big ass apartment complex type of building. Why they have a sledgehammer, I don't know, but they had a sledgehammer and they gave it to me and that's it. I didn't have to do anything or pass any kind of fucking conversation, whatnot. It just, it's one broken as hell on console with a gamepad. So that alone, unplayable, wouldn't even bother. And then even on PC where presumably all that that stuff would not be a problem because you'd be using a um, mouse and keyboard and specifically a mouse to interact with objects and, and so on and so forth. The actual gameplay is not there. It is a great concept. I love the idea of this game. I think it is very, very cool. And I, I just wish it was executed way better because there is something there and the only thing that is executed well is the visuals it's just the visuals fucking beautiful beautiful game love the aesthetic but I don't like I don't like the story I don't like the writing I don't like some of the characterization I I, there are are ways in which the the story and what it's telling you shit doesn't make sense it's just it's a it's a real shame that is again though the bookwalker thief of tales last is noob the factionless and i don't have much to talk about this game uh i was kind of excited about this because i thought it might be more of a harvest mooney rune factory type of thing but the actual game is where you in the real world play a hopeful esports star who in all the games you've attempted up until this point you've sucked at but your friend is trying to be encouraging and when you I don't remember where you're talking to this person but they're telling you about this MMO what about this MMO did you know they're they're going to try and make a real esports push when they hit 5.0 it's, it's coming soon. They're currently in 4.2. Maybe you get on it now and you'll, you'll get in there. And, and so the whole setup of the game is that you and your buddy enter this MMO in a... Ah! I just realized the fucking... This whole recording, Be Right Back, has been on the screen. I'm like... What, what is, I was like, what is, what is going on here? Why is this here? Hi there, be right back. Why are you here? Oh, that's yeah. Okay, never mind. I'm like, why is the be right back here? That isn't that only in the streaming game section? Oh yeah, I put it in here, and but I forgot to hide it. Right, well, we're just gonna leave it there. We're, I mean, there's no point in in hiding it now. Let's keep it consistent. 
What a silly, silly goose I am. But you end up with your buddy creating characters for this for this MMO. And what immediately frustrated me was the fact that you have no control over your character. So it's a very guided, very linear in, 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 in how much control you have over things sense where you don't pick your class, you don't pick your character type, you you don't get to do any of that, you don't get to pick what you look like, and then you're thrown into this world with a very Happy Wars aesthetic, a very lo-fi look that it's it's okay, but it's not... It doesn't have much style. It's it's very free to play, but it's not a free to play game. It's a forty dollars single player experience. I think it's forty or thirty dollars. And then you're getting a lot of dialogue to start off the game. It is it is maybe all dialogue the first fifteen or so minutes, which is too much. Then when you're going in this world, collecting goods, doing fetch quest type things, eventually getting to the first or potentially only town hub where you're able to accept a whole bunch of other fetch question missions and go do them grab these mushrooms do this that why not very bland and then the combat is not real-time action but a turn-based system which is in my experience i played on normal one of the things that also was a problem with the game was that it's just super fucking easy there's no challenge to the combat. You don't have to think about anything at all. And it was just very dull. It 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 felt very much so like a free-to-play MMO, a very, very basic flash free-to-play MMO that happens to be not free-to-play and a single-player experience with this weird not isekai but kind of feels like it, it could transition to an isekai type of thing and you get you are the factionless or whatever you you also don't and this is one of the things that bugs me about is that it's acting like it has this great story that i should be interested in and, and so it doesn't allow me any kind of controller choice i don't get to choose what faction i join what group i'm aligned with i don't the lack of choice is probably what frustrated me the most. Even if I had that choice, the general blandness of it all, the boring nature of what you're doing, the very dumbed-down combat, etc., would not have engaged me. So it ultimately doesn't matter. But that initial one two gut punch impression of here's a lot of fucking talking and it's not super interesting and then you thought you might have some say in your character creation or anything no that that did not leave me excited about the then hour or so uh, hour hour 15 I played after that I was very very bored the whole time shockingly so just so bored 
But yeah, that is the noob, the factionless. And that is going to do it for this here episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. I can't, I can't believe it took me almost 50 minutes to notice that Be Right Back was there. But since we are wrapping things up, I think that is the perfect time to say I am back. Bye-bye. <laughs> you stupid idiot, Mark. You're such a dumb-dumb. Ah! Anywho, that is going to do it for this episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Once again, I am Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. If you'd like to find... I've already forgotten how I do the outro. But uh, the site, the YouTube, the Discord, the Patreon, and so much more can be found over at pxsausage.com. That is, again, pxsausage.com, which will give you... What? What again? Links to the site, the YouTube. Don't forget to like if you haven't already. It does help, and it's appreciated. Leave some comments as well, etc., and whatnot and then the discord good community check it out if you like and then the patreon is the pretty much sole way to support me and my nonsense if you enjoy any of my nonsense so do that or don't it's all good it's all good but yeah that's that's pretty much it so uh, of course i hope you enjoyed this here episode how do i end the show how exactly do it? Well, you know, you you know, you know, you know. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Wait, no, no, no. There, there we go. Anywho, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you have both a wonderful rest of your day and a lovely rest of your week, crescendoing in a fantastic weekend. But for now, adios, a uh, Riva Bye.